0: Listening Dog Media.
1: This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Muddy News Media. Hello, and welcome to the Offside Rule with Football Manager. It's me, Kate Borsay. Hello. Talking to you in this beautiful sunshine. Well, that's outside. I'm inside in my little cubby office soundproofed up to the max, uh, speaking to you via uh, the medium of modern technology. What a wonder it is. Now, this week we've gone animal mad. More on that shortly. Uh, but first, the two crazy cats alongside me for this week's show. As ever, there's a she-wolf in the closet. Not Shakira, but Lindsay Hooper. Hello. <laughs> and she might be a red devil, but she's an angelfish to us. It's Hayley McQueen. Oh, that was a perfect start, Kate. Thank you. (laughs) Now, I don't know why we're running an animal theme. I can only assume it's because Lindsay
2: Hooper's been watching Tiger King. Have you, Linz? (laughs) I've been so tempted. I haven't watched it yet, but I've seen so much about it. You've watched it, of course.
1: Oh, my.
2: It's
3: just... It's some of the best TV I've seen in a long time. I love it. I was going to channel a little bit of Carol Baskin today with an animal print headband, but I've... I've decided just to um, keep the grey hairs just just out and loose for the morning.
2: i tell you what did inspire it, though, was the Easter bunny, number one. That was oh. the first animal that came to mind. And then, just like Hayley, because we caught up earlier this week, I've been discovering new parts uh, of countryside walks where I live, lots of horses, ponies, cows the other day. I've just been surrounded by animals, so I thought, why not have an animal theme? And when you talk radio, people talk about it being like a zoo, don't they, on breakfast shows, And I thought, well, that's us every week. So there we've got the zoo format as well.
3: Wow, I can't believe you passed (laughs) wild cows, Lindsay. Yes,
1: wild cows. It
2: sounds idyllic, Lindsay.
1: Um, Listen, we're going to get stuck into the animal theme in just a second, but let's just update a few kind of coronavirus-linked bits of news um, before we plough into our very own safari. Um, The SPFL have called time on their season. Um, This happened on Wednesday evening, this news came through, after getting support from enough clubs to finish as they currently are in terms of tables. This covers the second, third and fourth tiers of Scottish football. So that means that Dundee United, Wraith Rovers and Cove Rangers have been declared champions, Partek Thistle and Stranraer have been relegated. There's loads of controversy. I'm sure you've been keeping across this as well, Hayley, in terms of this decision and the voting process and what everyone thinks about it.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And it's I do think it's just a real shame, but at the end of the day, I think it just has to be done, doesn't it? And the Scottish Professional Football League, yeah, they basically ended the season, but we don't know what's happening with the Scottish Premiership. So the placings at the moment would mean that Celtic will become champions. Rangers, of course, hot on their heels, might I add, thought that they might end Celtic. Uh, basically claiming nine in a row this season, whether that's realistic or not, who knows? But it's just a shame that they might not get the chance to do it. Um, to be honest, so Rangers at the moment in um, up, you know, upheaval about it all. They're they they're not very happy. They're protesting. Um, so I think I don't quite know what's going to happen. Luckily. There aren't as many teams, of course, in the Scottish Premiership as the Premier League. Um, they obviously play the football differently, they split um, the league into two halves. So they might be able to have some kind of mini league towards the end of this season, whenever the end might be, or the beginning of next season, and try and end it somehow so that a champion is crowned fairly and the teams that get relegated also Mm. happen fairly, because just none of this is fair at all, is it? It's a real shame.
2: No, No. I I just read an article before coming in to do the record today, and Stephen Gerrard was really scathing, wasn't he, Mm. about it?
3: I mean, he's just having the worst season of of his life. It looks like Liverpool (laughs) could be denied winning the Premier League and um, Rangers finishing the season to see if they are competitive enough with Celtic. So for him, he's having a mare.
1: Don't even go there. Don't even go there. Listen, I suspect it's not the end that we've heard of this. Plenty of controversy surrounding the decision and the vote that took place as well. Worth checking out the Totally Scottish Football Show. That's out next Tuesday um, for the full lowdown and where the story heads, uh, certainly after this most recent development. A couple of other quick lines, ladies. The EFL, uh, they've got plans to support players and clubs in League 1 and 2. Many of those clubs are on the brink of collapse and need immediate uh, financial help and support. And Spurs and Bournemouth, They've completed U-turns on staff being furloughed. Uh, Just Norwich and Newcastle, as we record this, have now furloughed staff in the Premier League, uh, with rumours that the 6th of June could see the the restart of the Premier League season, Um, but a lot of clubs apparently saying they want the season to be over by the 30th of June, so quite when it starts, quite when it stops, um, still very much a developing story. Okay, well, away from coronavirus, a bit more detail about our animal-themed show. Coming up, we're bringing you an Animal 11 made up of the best players with animal names or nicknames. It's an old classic, but it's a good one, so we're bringing it in, and we'll be telling you all about some footballers' furry friends. Uh, because that's the kind of cuddly pet content we like in these times and, of course, how many people seeking so- solace in their pets and taking their dogs out for a walk. Um, quick one for me to say thanks to football manager... Uh, for supporting this podcast, The Offside Rule, um, through the coronavirus outbreak. Um, a couple of quick lines from them. Um, brilliantly, they are providing Men Unite, which is a men's mental health charity with free advertising on Football Manager uh, during this COVID-19 outbreak by um, basically putting Men Unite around the pitch side banners and hoarding. And congratulations uh, to the team there because the mobile version of the game has been nominated in the International Mobile Gaming Awards. It's the People's Choice Award. That they're up to. Pop over, yeah, pop over to at football manager uh, for more details on that one. And don't forget, you can get us on Jack Radio every Friday at four in the afternoon. That won't be the last animal-themed song or animal-themed band that you hear on today's podcast, because in for a penny, in for a pound of the furry stuff, eh? Uh, Well, let's kick things off with Robin's Red Crest, shall we? Uh, For this particular animal-themed topic, we're going to be talking animals on club crests. So many of our favourite clubs have animals in their nicknames or their logos, don't they? So I'd like a bit of insight as to why, you know, you've got immediate examples like Spurs and the Cockerel, Liverpool and the liver bird the sort of mythical liver bird but I'd like the the two of you to um, delve into a bit of detail on clubs with uh, animal nicknames or in their logos and tell us why Lindsay I'll go to you first
2: I'll start with Brighton and Hove Albion in terms of the club that's nearer to home. I picked them because I thought that everybody probably knows the backstory to the Eagles and Crystal Palace and the Red Devils and Man United. So I tried to pick a Premier League team that maybe people don't know so much the backstory about. Um, And Brighton and Hove Albion happen to be the arch rivals of Crystal Palace. And that is fundamental to the story about how they are now known as the Seagulls. Now, I have to emphasize that the original badge for stalwart Brighton and Hove Albion fans will know that there wasn't always a seagull. They weren't always known as the seagulls. It's something that developed in the 1970s. And it was before a home match with Crystal Palace, where the palace supporters were jeering and shouting, eagles, eagles, as they always do, and taunting opposition fans. And then ironically, a section of supporters started cheering back, seagulls, seagulls. Mm. And that's where it came from. So it's, All from the fans. It ended up with the club getting a new nickname, a new crest. And I think the fact that it has come from the supporters um, is what makes that story quite heartwarming, really, because you want it to be about the fans and and they've taken ownership of it.
1: And, of course, you've got another eagles team anyway, haven't
2: you? So that's nice that we can share the birds between the teams. Not that I'm a fan of seagulls, I have to say, not in terms of Brighton, but just seagulls in general. They, they steal <laughs> your ice cream, in my experience. <laughs> a bird pooed on my leg this morning, by the way, ladies. <laughs> in preparation Charming for this huh? podcast. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Hayley, give me one of your
3: choices. Okay, well, I've gone close to home as well in terms of the team which is closest to me in the Premier League. And I have picked Watford because why the heck is a team that are nicknamed the Hornets um, displaying a cartoon moose Mm, on their badge? And I was like, it's not like the area I live in is well known for its moose. So here we go. It represents the heart part of Hertfordshire. Now you think, well, how does that make sense? Well... A heart is an old-fashioned word for stag. So we now call it a stag. They used to be called a heart. Hertfordshire, there used to be stags roaming free in that area. And that's pretty much it, really. When I was doing the research for this, though, there's not much to it. That was it. But a little bit of a stab to the heart when I was doing some kind of Wikipedia uh, research, it kind of lists why the club are called that. And they they say, you know, there used to be a hornet on the club badge. It was replaced by a heart, an old-fashioned word for a stag. It's because Watford is in Hertfordshire, a region of England that traditionally had many deer. Watford have never won a major trophy in English football, full stop. (laughs) (laughs) I just thought that was was a little bit of a random (laughs) ending to the sentence, but I thought I'd just, just, you know, throw that in there. But not yet, Watford, not yet. But that is where you get your moose from.
1: Not yet.
2: Have you found any good gems, Kate? Yeah, I'll chip in with a couple
1: that I mentioned at the top, actually, in case anyone's going, I wonder, where the liver, well, the liver bird in Liverpool is really, really simple. It's just a long associated um, emblem of the city. It was on Liverpool's coat of arms and has been actually ever since 1644. It's been part of Liverpool's club crest since their first competitive match over 125 years ago. Interestingly, when rivals Everton uh, won their first league title in 1891, they had a liver bird uh, on the winning medal. So at one point, It may have been shared between the two clubs, but now very much Liverpool. And Spurs, where does the cockerel come from? Well, a bronze cast cockerel was on the roof of the West End at White Hart Lane. That dates back to 1909 when former footballer William James Scott made it for the club as a
2: present. Uh, Lindsay, give me another one of yours. So doing the research that we like to put in for this sometimes just to try and find the weird and wacky stories, um, I went across Europe and I couldn't find much that beat FC Cologne and their backstory. Um, Now, I don't know whether you're familiar, ladies, with the badge, but there's a billy goat mounting a cathedral. Yes, odd. Does it it spring to mind? Or you can just bring it up if you want to have a look at it whilst we're talking. Um, On FC Cologne's two-year anniversary, this is back in 1950, the club was given a goat by a circus at the time. Uh, The goat was named after their player coach... Um, I don't know why they decided to give a goat, but they did. And this is part of the history of the tale. Um, Hennes Weisweiler was the player coach and the goat was named after him. So all of the goats that have been and gone and um, passed away along the years and been replaced are all called Hennes. Hennes. And that's become the face and mascot of the club. Hennes, uh, whichever one it is at the time, joins players for home games. It's got its own label, its own brand, like our very own Hayley McQueen. Um, it's got perfume. Have you got perfume yet, Haley? What? Work, oh, sorry. I'm working on it. You can buy it. goat perfume.
1: <laughs> goat yeah, per- I perfume. I
2: mean, why would you buy goat perfume? Also, Lindsay, he can't be like a geriatric, can he? No, no, no. They Every time the goat dies, they bring in another one. It's called Hennes. So we're now up to Hennes the 8th like Henry VIII, Um, and he's also um, been a murder victim in a German TV series. (laughs) If you want to watch Hennes, you can actually watch him live via the club's website on a webcam on the homepage. I think that one, hands down, was the best I could find. Yeah,
1: fair enough. Was it Steve Bruce who wrote those dodgy crime novels? I, th- yes, I think it was. I think we've wasn't mentioned it? them too uh, many times. <laughs> yes. However, can I suggest that if he ever wants to write another one, he needs to get that goat involved somehow <laughs> yes. or another. Uh Haley, give me another one of yours. Well, do you know what? I actually grew up owning a goat, believe it or not. <laughs> I
3: lived in a rural part wow. of Scotland was on a dairy Billy? farm. Or no, Hennis? it was called No, it was called Bunty.
2: Oh. I adopted a donkey <laughs> called Tufty, so I'll throw that one in.
3: Okay, so there you oh, nice. go. Very random, but uh, that, was, that was about that. Now, I can go a lot further back than 50 years. I'm taking you back to the 13th century and we're heading to La Liga. Why is Valencia associated with bats because they have a very very actually quite modern crest with a black bat which kind of lines around the edge of the crest as well and there's another bit of a scandalous story to this as well which just happened quite recently and um, 6 or 7 years ago it looks very modern however The the bat that's perched on the top of the logo actually comes from being a mascot of the city, that's right, which dates back, as I mentioned, a very long time ago. Um, So Valencia and the Balearic Islands were conquered by King James of Aragon, okay? And now there's several explanations as to where the bat actually comes from. But one of the theories is in 1238, when King James was about to enter the city, reconquering it from the moors, a bat landed on top of his flag, sitting on top of his boat, and he interpreted it as a very good sign. So as he conquered the city, the bat was then added to the coat of arms of Valencia and was then put into, of course, the football crest as well. But how about this straight again from uh, Wikipedia and a bit of fur other research online, DC Comics actually started a legal case against Valencia in 2013 because they said that the bat image was too similar to Batman. So... Valencia, <laughs> no, this is, and this I've I've since looked it up, but it was it was because they were altering it slightly, um, so they opposed the um, trademark application which was made by Valencia for its centennial logo, claiming it was likely to be confusing with its Batman symbol. Um, it did look a little like it, but it still incorporated the football and the red and yellow stripes as well. Um, so, so there you go. And that has ah. that battle has been going on for a couple of years, and Valencia didn't end up going with the centennial crest that it had planned on but altered it slightly
1: because yeah dc comics mm, because were they felt they had very to. very upset about it mm. I'm going to finish up with a couple before we move on because we've got some brilliant topics today. All animal themed of course. Um, I'm going to go quickly to Norwich and why they called the canaries. Good point. Well it comes from the strangers that's a group of European refugees who lived in Norwich in the 16th century. They are famous for breeding canaries so that's where that one came from. The Hull City Tiger well that's down to the traditional strip of black and amber so that where that, that's where that came from. And uh, Sheffield Wednesday and the owls where does that that come from very simply because the club reside in the sheffield suburb of owleton there you go so some straightforward and some a bit like the goats over the cathedral not so straightforward
2: can i actually ask for a music request before we move on to the next topic kate i don't know whether abby will take them but it's definitely animal themed and one of my favorite songs going back in time the bees and chicken playback you've got double animals in there
1: I don't know what you're talking about, but I am intrigued to hear it. So we'll set, Abby, the challenge. Uh, You'll hear that in just a moment. Until then, get your thinking chops around this one. Footballers and pets. There's loads that own animals. And, of course, there's loads of animals with footballing connections as well. So that's up next.
0: Listeners, we want to tell you about a beautifully simple way to showcase and sell your photography. Picfair is used by over 150,000 people worldwide. It's a free platform that allows anyone to sell their photos from complete amateurs like me to seasoned professionals, probably like some of you out there in Podland. And Picfair is so simple. All you do is upload your photos, name your price, and those pics will appear on your personal online photography store. Your photographs will also be listed on PicFest central marketplace, where images taken by people who've never sold a picture before have been published by The Guardian, Time Out and Rough Guides, and they've even been used on the front cover of National Geographic. Alongside digital downloads, customers can also purchase your photos as beautiful frame prints and canvases. And whether you sell them through your own store or the marketplace, PicFest will produce the prints for you in high-quality labs and take care of all of the shipping. So if you've got time on your hands and you're wondering what to do with all of the brilliant photos you've got lying around on your hard drive or camera roll, go to pickfair.com and sign up for free today. That's P-I-C-F-A-I-R dot com. Picfair, a new home for your photography.
1: Okay, next up, golden retrievers. Now, to be a good footballer, you need to have a soft touch, be willing to run after balls over and over again, show great loyalty to your owners, much like a golden retriever. Uh, But rather than thinking of players as animals, we're much more interested in their pets and other animals with footballing connections. Let's do some quick, fast stories. Hayley, to you first. What about Darren Randolph as the face of
3: Peter? That's right, the animal rights organisation. He appeared in a campaign with these puppy dog eyes holding a little puppy, trying to convince you to adopt a puppy. There you go.
2: (gasps) Who knew? But that was cute. Lindsay, who knew? Lindsay. Uh, My quickest one is Mario Balotelli has a piglet. I'll leave it there.
1: (laughs) 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 Okay, he does like buying things, doesn't he, Balotelli? A piglet is not something that I would uh, imagine that he'd got. Um, Quick one for you, Lindsay. Um, Do you remember the time that a squirrel was rescued from the pitch of uh, the uh, Etihad Stadium? It was Carabao Cup fourth round fixture between Manchester City and Wolverhampton Wanderers. Your very team indeed. Happened in October 2017.
2: Uh, The little squirrel had to be squirreled off the pitch before the game could commence. We also on that theme had one of my colleagues last season commentating when a cat came onto the pitch and it sounded like this.
1: Is the steward going to try
0: and catch the cat? No, he's off. The Wolves players go towards this black cat. Looks like a fully grown cat going towards the substitutes the substitutes stand and wait drops the shoulder jinx one way then the other the cat's still going left wing running towards the bench now this cat towards Nuno Espirito Santo who stands arms folded laughing the cat drifts on
1: so there you go Haley. a few notes for your nature commentary walks that we're trying to persuade you to do yeah absolutely taking note taking note love the squirrel story absolutely nuts isn't it um bada boom
3: <laughs> right what about <laughs> a- a football agent who owns snakes. Hmm. What? Not not the agent himself, but Steve He He's the Joe Exotic of the football world. Oh. He wasn't a slippery character, was he? Well, I mean, he was the former agent of um, Frank Lampard and quite a lot of very big names as well. Um, he used to be married to Kay Burley of Sky News. Well, just leave that one there. But he's a football <laughs> agent, and when you when you used to go to his house, I know somebody that he represented. He had these cages in his back garden, and just animals everywhere, and, and animal prints. So he had all sorts of animals in and around his house. So I, I found that quite quite amusing. You'd be signed up, head to the agent's house, and lo and behold, you'd get there, and there'd be there'd be a monkey in his living room.
1: Girls, have you heard about the time that a goalkeeper kidnapped a penguin? What? No. What? <laughs> Well, former Wimbledon and Nottingham Forest goalkeeper, Lutz Steel, was uh, quizzed by cops in 2017, accused of nicking a penguin. How on earth did that happen? Well, he was a scout for Hoffenheim at the time and it disappeared from an animal park in Mannheim and an, an anonymous call to the cops suggested that it was the ex-keeper who was the culprit. The police had to follow it up. It wasn't him, he said. I urge the thief to return the penguin as this is no joke. I know it well from the sins of my youth i <laughs> So what did he mean, the sins of my youth? Well, Lutz fan and steel this is our ex-goalkeeper in question, by the way. He's now managing director of sports at Dusseldorf, in case you wonder where he's ended up. Um, back in 2003, he took a penguin home from its colony and put it in his bathtub. This is true. Uh, he returned it inside two days um, after his club chairman explained that penguins are a protected species. Uh, besides, he said, my housemates were not delighted. It stank like a fish factory. I didn't steal it, he he said, "I just borrowed it." So he had previous. He had Gosh. previous for nicking a penguin. I can't believe he p- p- picked up a penguin.
2: <laughs> for those it? from a certain era will remember. Yeah, I've got some of those in my chocolate, chocolate cupboard. Biscuit. Yes, mm-hmm. Mark Noble, I'm going to bring in because he used to bring his dogs to West Ham quite a lot. So I had a, I had a little phase of interviewing Mark Noble quite a bit at West Ham um, and he used to bring in these beautiful Alsatians and he'd just throw the balls at the training ground and they'd go running off. And there are so many footballers that have beautiful dogs and a lot of them are either Rottweilers, Alsatians, that sort of thing. Um, if By the way, if you've not seen Marcellos, it looks like a huge bear, um, so you should check that one too. Um, And you wonder why and actually underlying all of this is a more serious issue is that footballers felt and I think this happened probably about 10 years ago at the height that they really needed dogs as guard dogs. So there are so many Mm -hmm. footballers that have large dogs and it's because they also protect their home because they're susceptible to being targeted by burglars. And that's exactly what Raheem Sterling did. He bought a huge Rottweiler that cost about 15,000 pounds, I believe. God,
1: that is expensive, isn't it? There is a pup, Guardiola, by the way. This is linked to Paraguayan second-tier side club sporting two de mayo. I'm sure the two is pronounced differently in Spanish. Uh, he's their secret weapon. He was a stray dog that became part of their coaching team. In fact, he's something of an assistant, this dog. It's called Tesapara, uh, and he's assistant to the head coach, Carlos Sagria, of this Paraguayan second-tier side. Hence, he's been nicknamed by the press, Pup Guardiola. Just quickly, do you own pets, Hayley? You own a cat don't you
3: yeah but I, I can't be bothered with her I basically leave her to my other half she just meows when I'm trying to have a little moment of quiet it's like looking after two babies in our house so um yeah I'm, I'm not my cat's biggest fan and I feel really evil what's her name her name is Ralph but it's Aww. because she started okay. out as um a, a boy? boy and then we soon discovered <laughs> gotcha. that
1: Ralph became Ralphie not long after. Ralphie. Yeah. Uh, Lindsay, I know you don't have a No, pet, I do. But if I you do. were. Okay, what is it? Ha-
2: you know what I've got? I've got a step fish. <laughs>
1: okay. <laughs> so you inherited
2: a fish? Yeah. From my other okay. half. Okay. What's the fish squeak. called? Squeak. Right. Uh, Why, it, is, there that, then? Why is that? It used to be two. Oh, because the right. name was. What's Bubble awful. and Squeak? No, Boggle and Squeak it was, wow. but Boggle died. Oh, dear. Yeah, I've looked after this fish a lot more than its actual owner, might I add.
1: <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, well, we've got a cat called Bash, who is um, a Siberian, because we, we, we've got allergic to cat people in our house. Um, and Bash is gorgeous, um, utterly delicious, but really, really the soppiest cat you've ever known. All right, well, those are our animal stories. Next up, it's time to make a team, a safari animal-themed team. The time for our Animal 11. To end this week's show... There can only be one way, can't they? We need to make a team out of either footballers with animal-themed nicknames, or indeed just with an animal in their name somewhere. Um, as ever with these elevens, we like to have a four-three-three formation. We need to start with the goalkeeper though before we get into outfield players. Um, this was given to me as a responsibility, but I've I've I think I've sort of failed. Haley, have you got a goalkeeper that you can rescue me with? Well, I, I'm going
3: back to the days when Scottish football was um, half decent, which is seems like a 20 million years ago. And I am putting Alan Ruff in goal. Uh, get it? <laughs>
1: <laughs> so all oh. I had, Hayley, was Peter Bonetti, Chelsea in England goalkeeper who was known as the Cats, and oh. Tim Meoward. Do you know that that, uh, famous goalkeeper, Tim? Sorry. Yeah, I told you it was bad. Uh, Let's go to a defender. Um, Who wants to start first on this one? Uh, John Terrier. Oh, that's awful. I've got another John from Wolves, John DeWolf. Yes, I'll take that one. John DeWolf, OK. Hayley, who do you have in defence? I have a fish in defence in the form of Alex Pike for West Ham. Yes. An old classic there when it comes to animal-themed teams. I'm going to give you Razvan Rat. Was at West Ham for just over six Mm -hmm. months. I remember interviewing him. Very charming man he was too. I think he's still playing, actually. He must be in his mid-30s back home in Romania. uh, He's still playing over there. So Razvan Rat at left-back at right-back. I'll give you James Horsfield from Scunthorpe, currently on loan at Wrexham. Uh, And I can also throw in Danny Fox. Actually, we're going to have to make an over 100 appearances for Nottingham Forest. Well, that's it for our defenders. Producer Abby is at this minute writing down her favourite picks, So she will be the judge and adjudicator as to who makes the final
2: Animal 11. Lindsay, I know you've got a couple of midfielders. Give me one. Uh, Another wolves player. I'm sorry, Abby. She doesn't like it when I bring wolves in. But we had so many animal players. Steve Froggett, I'm going to throw in. Like it. And two animals for the price of one. Lee Cat-A-Mole. Now, that's very good.
1: Very good indeed. Uh, Hayley? Oh, well, I mean, I have completely
3: failed on this one because I also thought I was being really clever and had two for the price of one with Lee Cat-A-Mole. I'm really surprised, Lindsay, though. You haven't gone for Steve Bull from Wolves.
2: Striker, striker, not a midfielder. Oh, I suppose yeah. Oh, hold that yeah. thought.
1: Hold that thought, Hayley. In my midfield, we could go for Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, of course. Yep. Gavin Peacock. Chelsea, QPR, midfielder, straight striker, so that's slightly tenuous. Chris Eagles, currently without a club after leaving Oldham. He was uh, going to be the next big thing, wasn't it, Manchester United, Hayley? I don't know if you remember those times gone by. Uh, best known for spells at Bolton and Burnley. Um, any more for midfield?
2: Yeah, Hayley, have you got any United players? Because I've just thought of one off the top of my head hearing oh. Kate. Oh, Paul quick fire from Lindsay Hooper. Paul Pugba. No, wrong.
1: Again, again, no. You can't have these John Terriers and these Paul Pubbers. Uh, let's go to the attack then, because, you, because there are better choices to be had. Oh, okay. uh, should we go to the attack, Hayley? Okay, I have got Troy Parrott of Tottenham. Oh,
2: yay. Yes,
1: another classic. Mm.
2: Uh, Lindsay, are you going to go for Steve Bull? I am going to go for Steve Bull, but I don't mind handing him over to Hayley, if not. Um, I've got Sean Gota. Ah. And I've also got Connor Salmon. Yes,
1: another classic. Um, Mine, not so good, but I'll throw it in. I've got Pato. He's nicknamed the Duck. Um, he was born in Pato quack, Branco, quack. Brazil, and Pato means duck in Portuguese. Hmm. Uh, Javier Saviola as well, part of the Argentinian uh, national team or probably most known for his time there. He was nicknamed the Rabbits because as a little kid, his childish face and rabbit-like speed uh, meant that he earned that nickname. But those are two fairly loose ones. Atilio Lombardo. Now, much like Lee Catamol, this is a double win, but for slightly different reasons. He's currently the assistant hmm. manager of the italian national team best known to english fans for his time at crystal palace he sort of became a bit of a hero there he arrived when they got promoted and did really really well but he's a double header or a double pointer because he's known as the ostrich in italy and the bold eagle by palace fans
2: what about that very good yes
1: a double nickname lindsay you're going to round us off i believe with a chairman and a manager
2: Yeah, every team needs a manager. And I think these are my best ones, by the way. Um, One of them is mine. One of them I found on the internet. Okay. Goose Hiddink is mine. Ah, Mm -hmm. okay. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'll give you that. Given that you didn't like Terrier and Paul Pugba, I don't think you're going to like my chairman either, but I'm (laughs) going for Spaniel Levy.
3: Oh, God. No,
1: no. You can't. And, And also, I dare for you to ever mention that to Daniel Levy himself.
2: <laughs> That's on the internet, so many people have brought it up. Spaniel leaving—that oh, okay. really made me chuckle. Fine. <laughs> Shall I give you the final 11 then, um, along
1: with our chairman and manager, I suppose, if we're insisting on having them? Uh, Alan Ruff in goal. He makes goal. Well done, Hayley. John DeWolf uh, in defence with James Horsfield, Razvan Ratt, and Alex Pike. In midfield, Steve Froggett, Lee Catamol, Chris Eagles. And up front, Steve Bull, Troy Parrott, and Sean Gota. Manager, Goose Hiddink, and assistant, Atelier Lombardo. Uh, if you've got any more folks at home, do tweet us at Offside Rule Pod. Uh, and and let us know. Let us into your wisdom on the animal-themed 11. Just before we end the podcast, it's our favourite bit of the show, the little tittle-tattle bits that you may not pick up during the week from the world of football. It's any other business.
2: Then stand back and marvel what a beautiful
0: cat Cos I saw a tiger, now
1: Alrighty, any other business, still no theme tune, but uh, it's okay. We've got animal music for this podcast. Thank you, producer Abby. Uh, So the little tidbits of joy that you might have missed over the last week. Hayley McQueen, let's go to you first. Well, nearly everyone in football's
3: out of work, apart from, you'd have to think, the groundsmen at clubs, because we cannot have these pitches completely going to absolute pot. Somebody needs to be out there working hard to make sure they're kept up. And isn't it going to be a bit strange that probably a lot of the pitches up and down the country are going to be the best they ever have been? We've been um, gifted with this beautiful weather, haven't we, which has just been lovely. And the groundsmen um, will be out there um, on their tod poor guys and women who are out there working really hard, making sure they keep the pitch up. So what do they do? They they get involved in a little bit of grass art, much like you go to grounds and you see the lovely checked kind of um, patterns. Well, at Plymouth Argyle, they've created, you know, like you have your crop circle and you can see from above if something has been sort of made into a pattern of sorts. And they have created very cleverly and very neatly might I add a massive big thank you NHS which has been mm. cut into the grass which is it's really super, lovely isn't it? and they released a little statement you know saying it's it's to thank all the NHS staff who support the club at Plymouth Argyle so let's hope some other football clubs get involved in that as well and just a little point on that too I mean there's predicted to be a baby boom isn't there in about nine months time with people kind of being busy <laughs> in uh, other ways at the moment but I'm wondering actually will we see some extra football talents emerge from this because as I mentioned the weather has just been so lovely and one of the things that kids are doing at the moment is playing in the back gardens if they're lucky enough to have one, playing in the streets with their friends like good old-fashioned communities. Like we've always said on the podcast that you know, kids don't go out the houses and play in cul-de-sacs anymore and kick a football against mm. a wall back and forth and back and forth and just header it and header it. But at the moment, I'm thinking with all these kind of various challenges that we're seeing on social media and kicking the toilet roll challenge as well. Well, lots of boys and girls who've been out to the park and in their streets and their gardens um, find a newfound love for football and honing their own um, particular skills. I've told my sister uh, to make sure that my nephew just uses his left foot for the next uh, three weeks or however long we're
1: Stuck in self-isolation because I think we might be onto something there. Oh, very much so. Hayley, do you remember last week you mentioned the Belarusian Premier League um, still continuing? Their Football Association head um, has been under huge amount of criticism for basically not stopping football over there. Well, Dinamo Brest fans have come up with something inventive. Those who don't want to go to the game are making cardboard fans of themselves. So the football (laughs) continues over there in Belarus, but the majority of fans now made out of cardboard,
2: slightly odd. Uh, Lindsay? we've done it before where we've looked at celebrity football fans so I want to add one to our file um because it was somebody that we've not ever mentioned before for being a big fan and she's a huge fan of Hayley McQueen's team Manchester United and in mm-hmm. fact likes Paul Pogba a lot apparently um doing so much reading around football it's all we've got to do isn't it is read like the athletic articles and go through archives do random searches I've done a few quizzes as well on is it sportal um mm-hmm. lots of lots of different ones and I stumbled across the fact that Julia Roberts is a huge Man United fan. I didn't mm-hmm. know this; it passed mm-hmm. me by. She paid eighty thousand pounds for two Qatar World Cup tickets, and hopefully, <laughs> this will all be over by. 2022. She mad? I mean, I, I mean, I, I mean. Surely
1: the tickets aren't available yet, are they? Well, she's paid for them. She obviously knows someone she'd probably paid to go and watch the EFL Trophy final and she doesn't realise it a couple of quick nice coronavirus (laughs) lines here, nothing against that, I'm sure it'll be a cracking game whenever it happens, if it it happens, Um, Aston Villa defender Tyrone Mings, he's offering free places um, at his youth academy uh, for um, kids of NHS staff and key workers that's when the lockdown ends and fair play to the Athletic, you just mentioned them there Lindsay, but they've set up something called Community Calls and they're basically saying if you know someone who's living alone during the coronavirus lockdown and think they might be cheered up by a call from one of their brilliant football writers and what an extreme roster of talent they have there you can get in touch with the athletic there's an email address if you uh, pop onto their social media and have a little look and they're going to try and get their journalists to call as many people as they can.
2: Uh, speaking of that, I'm doing an interview tomorrow with Christian Cabaselle from Watford over Skype, and he's been a, a big part of Hornets at Home. And they've been calling round the players have been calling round lots of Watford supporters. And apparently when they've been answering the phone, the supporters have been like, no, it's not you. I don't believe it. Um, so oh, I'm chat to how going nice up, is tomorrow. that? Can we give a shout out too to Captain Tom Moore? I know this
1: isn't football related, but what an achievement! He's wow the, as an individual has raised the raised the most money on Just Giving ever. I think it was at thirteen million the last time we looked. We're recording this on Thursday, no doubt that will break through further millions as well. He's of course walking at laps of his garden to raise money for NHS charities together. That's the same group of charities, by the way, that the Offside Rule Tom Dean is raising money for. He's our web editor. Uh, him and his chums, uh, it's a group called Sport. Sports Fest. They aim to raise a grand with one of them shaving their heads uh, for every £250 donated. They're now at over £10,000, completely exceeded expectations. But there's one big issue. Uh, our Tom Dean loves his hair. And I asked him when he was going to step up and shave off his hair. And he said it would take an awful lot of money for him to do that. So no. Tom, from us, you need to shave off that beloved mop of hair.
2: We've we put our donation in, Tom. We've put the, a donation in from the offside rule. We're expecting your hair to go. <laughs>
1: Well, on that note, it's time for us to say goodbye or, as they would say on Looney Tunes, that's all, folks. Thank you for joining us. I need to do those one of those uh, type sound effects. <laughs> um, as ever, you can keep across what we're doing here at the Offside Rule on the socials. It's at Offside Rule Pod on Insta and on Twitter and our brilliant website as well, OffsideRulePodcast.com. Thanks to the guys there. They continue uh, to be publishing content throughout this lockdown. Um, actually, Tom, we were mentioned earlier, our web editor interviewed West Ham and young lioness Grace Fisk, uh, who um, really, really awesome player. Big things expected of her. And there's an interview uh, from her and also from Birmingham City forward, Abby Grant on the site, as well as uh, tons of other football stuff as well. Hayley and Lindsay, what's on the agenda for you over the next week? Well... I've got some quite exciting
3: news because two doors up, I have new neighbours, right? And I live in a street where me and Kirk have brought the average age down to about sixty. But we have a young couple (laughs) moving in two doors away, and it just so happens to be a female BT presenter. So I've got a new BFF on my street, (gasps) and I'm are we allowed to say who
1: it is? Yeah, go on. Do you know? Yes. No? Jules Jules Breach. Yeah. <gasps> wow. Thank I goodness. Know. This is this is easily going to be the glamorousest street in Hertfordshire, surely. <laughs> well, of course.
3: Um, no. So I'm taking around um, a few little drinks later um, because they're try. I mean, they're moving house amidst this. Can you even imagine it? Trying to get yeah, deliveries difficult. and things and trying to go out and do shopping. So Kirk, my other half, I'm very lucky, is a is a great cook he used to be a chef so he's baking cookies for jules and her her other half and we've got a bottle of champagne and i've got two bottles of corona on ice in the fridge (laughs) with a fresh lime which i'm going to be (laughs) dropping around later this afternoon as a welcome to the neighborhood and they're going to be involved in our bread run as well we have a lady at the end of our street who bakes bread for everybody and um as we record this we're about to go out um in a few hours as well to go and do the clap for the NHS. I'm going to make sure they've got uh, pans yes. and wooden spoons to get involved and they'll help, hopefully help uh, raise morale as well in our, our street by adding a little bit of extra noise to the couple of houses that are here.
2: Lindsay Hooper how can you beat that I, I can't I'm just going to try and get my head around having a birthday in lockdown next week and work out what on earth mm. I can do but I will be speaking to you girls because it's on a Thursday oh. yeah so many well, we will have to have a celebratory topic won't we we're going we're gonna
1: to work on that over the next seven days aren't we Haley? Uh, we'll have a lovely weekend if you're listening at home hope you had a great Easter and we're thinking of you if you're in lockdown at the moment whether you're in a good place or not such a good place we're thinking of you here and uh, you know a huge thank you from us for all the key workers all those of you who are part of the essential workforce heading out to work and of course helping to protect us that's the nhs workers as well Uh, lots of love from all of us here at the team and uh, you can check in with us again next week the
0: offside rule is a muddy knees media production for sales and advertising email sales at muddy
3: Hello, listeners. I'm Caroline Barker, host of the Totally Football League show. I'm joined each week by Sam Parkin. Say hello, Sam. Hi, Caroline. By Adrian Clark. Say hello, Adrian. Hello. And the Bolton Wanderers fan, too. Not Adrian, but Joe Criddy. Looking forward to League Two? Yes. Each week, we go headfirst into the EFL to bring you the latest from the pitches to the next crisis to whatever Ian Holloway has said now. From Leeds to Luton, Sunderland to Plymouth, Swindon to Stevenage, and everything in between. If it's the EFL you want, we've got you covered. Haven't we, Ollie?
0: Just a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. (laughs) Your guess
3: is as good as ours.
0: That's the Totally Football League show out every Wednesday. In the most delightful way. It's brilliant. I just love it. Muddy Knees Media.